Hello and welcome to the third episode of the ProGems podcast. I'm your host, Yannick, and together with me today is also Yannick. How are you? Hi, Yannick. I'm so happy to be here. Honored to be your guest on such an early episode. Here in uh, Golden Week, so we have a lot of a lot of stuff to cover. Last month had some spectacular stuff. Um, and I'm happy to get into it with you. Yeah, same. I had some 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 busy weeks with uh, my final exams coming up, but still, wrestling was still a big part of my life. I mean, we have a ton of shows, and I would think we will just get into it. But before we will not cover the champion carnival, it will be on an extra episode that's coming out after the final next week with another guest, with a special guest from another podcast. So let's get into it. We will start this time with Glade. And Glade had a Kirkin Hall show. And I think there was some interesting stuff coming out of this. We will start to, to talk a bit about the about the UWF tournament that's going on. It had two semifinal matches. How did you feel about the, those two matches? The first one was uh, Takanori Ito versus Yu Isuka and uh, the second one was Hikaru Sato versus Shinya Oki. I liked the, uh, both matches, especially as a, as a package, because they mm. were really different. Um, personally, I'm a big fan of Yu Iska. Uh, sadly, he lost to Ito, <laughs> which is it's, which is a shame. I think he's one of the best wrestlers. Um, Isuka and Ito is... In my opinion, at least, better at the normal wrestling stuff than at the UWF style. Um, but it's clear that they, he represents something that they want. Yes. And in the second match, Oki beating Sato. It was to be expected. Oki is a certified legend in the MMA uh, scene. Um, but just wrestling-wise, Sato is so good. Yeah. So yeah, as yeah. a as a package, this was great. Yeah, I, I like the UWF tournament or like the title or overall the UWF concept in Glade because it's something totally different that you normally don't have. And especially with uh, Takanori Ito going to the finals against Shinya Okada, it will be a fantastic match. Obviously, of course, that the match between Sato and Aoki was Dortmund match because of an injury that turned out not to be a serious injury. At, luckily, I think it was an injury. I Right? I hope it was not kayfabe, and I still think it's shoot. <laughs> I I think it's kayfabe, but they okay. sold it really well. Uh, there's this lovely camera angle where it just looked top down, and he's uh, just... he looks totally glazed. Yeah, which is why it came so out of nowhere. Of course, it's an UWF match. Finishes always came out of nowhere. It was like, okay, is he injured? And then he started to normally wrestle again, like two days after on the old Panthers, and was like, okay. He seems fine. Yeah. yeah. If it was an injury, like it, um, he was in a chokehold, so maybe he, like, he lost consciousness. But yeah, not really yeah. an injury. Injury that needs some time. Yeah. So, so the final of the new title tournament is then uh, Takanori Ito versus Shinya Aoki. Like I said, it's going to be a fantastic match. I hope it's uh, Ito winning, and I think he will. But I wouldn't count out Yaoki. I mean, he needs to win something eventually. 
Yeah, that's always the thing with Glade. If you aren't a strong hearts, you always lose. <laughs> yeah. So, and now we move on to the, I would say, a important match. Uh, it was Unagi Saika versus Michiko Miyagi. Uh, personally, I wouldn't say the match was good or anything. It was solid wrestling. Pretty pretty slow, actually, for both. Even though Unagi sometimes has her explosiveness in it. Um, the big story about this was that Michiko Miyagi actually lost. And with the stipulation, she needs to leave. I don't know if she's actually leaving because afterwards they announced on Twitter that she's still part with Glade, but just not wrestling in Glade. I don't know. It wow. was just confusing. This the um the whole match, the whole after the, the angle afterwards where Nagi cut a promo talking about yeah, I will take my my uh, I will take the stipulation back. Please accept it. And then Michiko was like, no. And I was like, okay. I have no idea what was going on here. The match itself was okay, but I don't know. How do you feel about it? And especially about the stipulation. Yeah, it's like uh, a 5 out of 10 match. Really nothing that special to talk about. Um, but I just have to praise Unagi. She is always so entertaining. Mm. Um, she's a absolute pro. She knows how to grab your intention. Yeah. She, she's the, the everywhere. Charisma. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of an insider here. I, I always talk about her for, for no, like, she's everywhere in every promotion, even in all Japan. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So for the women's division, it doesn't look too good. They now have only two women left, and one of them, Maya, is just working UWF matches, so they don't have a women's division at all anymore. Kind of weird. Um, it's great. I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think Michiko Yagi will do? I would that not... screams to me that it's just like a, a that gimmick That she comes change. back as Cassandra Miyagi or something? Yeah, something like that. Maybe a new character. I, I, I would hope so. Otherwise, the women in Glade kind of seem directionless. Even though they already are. Because, I mean, they are not there often. And Maya's just working the UWF matches to prepare for her kickboxing fights i think with you uh, with mma uh, with clay mma where she's sometimes taking part of if, if it's still happening after the last time where all of them just lost i don't know i i don't know yeah moving on to the g infinity title match it was bulk orchestra jack shimitani and hayat tamura defending her their title for the sixth time against albendita flamita um this took a while to, to really get into the good part, but when it got into the good part, it was really good. Um, I'm not personally that high on the title reign of Bug Orchestra, and I think it's kind of time to either step up and finally have the great matches that I would expect them to have, or that they finally drop it. This was another one where it was like, okay, it was good, but nothing more. Yeah, this this came over near the match they had with Lindemann and Soma Watanabe. Yeah. It's... Especially El Bandito looked really bad in this. Yeah, he has this one viral one viral dive that always goes, you know, gets like thousands of likes on Twitter, but that's just it. 
I mean, we all know Flamita. Flamita is awesome. Dragon Gate already to wherever he was. He's great. He looked good here. It wasn't his best night either. I felt like they didn't have the chemistry they they may I maybe expected them to have. I hope there's something good coming out with the G Infinity title down the line because now it's just I hope somehow it gets good because the champions need it and the title need it too. Yeah, I like Jack and uh, Hayato yeah. as a team. They but, they are yeah. working great as a team. They 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 fantastic as a tag team. But it's just I don't know. Maybe it's their opponents. Maybe it's the chemistry with their opponents. I don't know. Something. At least for me, maybe maybe I don't know. Jack uh, is really uh, making a name for himself. I like that. He's so cool. <laughs> yeah, he 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 wasn't was he Gunbarry a lot a long time ago? I think so. Uh, he was a DDT guy. Oh, DDT, okay. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Moving on, I think that's the match we will talk about the most here from the show. It was the G-Rex title match between Kaito Ishida with his second defense, or at least he tried to defend his title for the second time, against T-Hawk. And personally, that was fantastic. Absolutely. This is Glide is a promotion where you often, where you not often get a match like this because, first of all, you don't have that many big shows, and if you have them, you sometimes get main events that are good. But this is maybe, maybe one of my favorite title, maybe one of my favorite matches in Glade, at least top three, I would say, with um with Lineman against. Lineman against Irei and Doki against Lineman, likely. A fantastic match. What can I say? I mean, this is just what you expect from those two, I think. How do you feel about it? Um, T-Hawk and Kajishida are both guys, uh, former, D- uh, D- former Dragon Gate guys, and I'm not the biggest fan of both of them. They mm-hmm. don't always click for me, as they seem to do uh, for others. Um, But as I saw this match uh, when it happened, um, and we're recording quite a bit later, I rewatched it. And on the rewatch, oh boy. This was next level. This was so good. So damn good. Yes. Um, I mean, Karushida didn't have the title for a long time. To say it, he lost the belt to uh, to 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 T Hawk. He had it now for like 100 days around, something like that, with two defenses. But the three title matches he had were fantastic, and signing him already paid off for me, at least quality-wise, for the product. And it's awesome to see him shine after he left Dragon Gate, where he was. I would personally say he, I mean, you know more than I do, but I felt like he was kind of stuck in a certain spot that he couldn't break out of. So him now being in this top spot in in in, in Glade and actually being the champion for a bit is quite an accomplishment for him. Yeah, he was groomed uh, to be in the next big stable in gold class, but the first iteration of that stable just totally failed. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and afterwards, like he just he just left. Um, no, I can understand that. Uh, 
the problem is that he had this great matches with um the Shun one, I think. No mm, No, I'm thinking oh. of the the matches with I'm blanking on the name. Um with <laughs> Case Kyokuda. Oh yeah. And nobody had good matches with Case Kyokuda. Uh, but uh, the matches with, uh, with Ishida were outstanding, and then it was just kind of okay. Yeah, uh, you guys had this, the, uh, these matches in the Brave Gate division, so now <laughs> you're stuck in the Brave Gate division. So that's kind of the the look I have on it. Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I can remember them kind of. I, I wasn't, I'm not that much into Dragon as as you are. And I, but I, but I think I watched one of them at least, the one where he lost the belt. So Kaido Ishida lost the belt to Keisuke Kuda, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think I watched that one. Yeah, like you said, um, he kind of was was like in this position. Now he's here, top main eventer. Um, but also this match is like or like proved what is my biggest problem that I have with the Glade main event, and it's just strong hearts always wins. It, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. He, they always win. And if they lose, then they win the title back two months later. And, of course, um, T-Hawk, I, I personally thought that T-Hawk was winning the tournament at, you know, where Elimin won it in the end, because I thought, like, okay, T-Hawk was always pushed as the main event of Strong Hearts, with Shima kind of being the veteran and Liniment kind of being, you know, the, the junior guy. But then he didn't, and it was like, okay. But now but that was fine. a great shot, in, uh, in my opinion. And the Liniment made a great first champion, too. Yes. Yeah, uh, totally. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, it's not a, a mistake to give T-Hawk the title here, especially not if they have a match like this. Mm -hmm. um, it would just be more interesting if it was a guy like Hayato Tamura. Yeah, it, it's like, okay, it, it's nothing against T-Hawk or anything. It's just, okay, it's strong arts again. Cool. It, it's clear what Shima is trying to book here <laughs> with Glade. Is he the only booker? Do we know that? Um, I think uh, Hayashi's booking with him. Okay, I don't. I'm not sure that's better. Yeah, both, both the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In terms of we we putting our friends over, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, T Hog as champion, you have a couple of interesting matchups. I hope we don't continue now the trend. I mean, of course he's just the third champion, but I hope after him that we finally go away from the strong hearts main event runs and just give someone like you know like you said Hayato Tamura and others who are really doing nothing right now uh, the chance to just run on the top instead of okay let's give the title back to strong hearts member number 5 because strong hearts loyal yeah I totally agree and that was the show. I mean, it was overall, a f I would say, one of the weaker Kurrican Hall shows for me, with just one match standing out. They had definitely better ones in the past. 
how do you like how do you feel currently about the overall play product and especially this show i really lost interest like like the um in the second half of last year yeah same um, it is so i'm i can't say that i'm emotionally invested in any of this yeah that that's often my problem that everything feels like okay it's just happening but i don't have a connection to it and that's kind of my biggest problem right now with the promotion and i hope and of course it's kind of par because you know strong hearts wins but we will see moving on from a match to a match we both have been more invested in uh, the nomads show the moments freelance summit volume three happened on april 14th and in the main event it featured the last jungle kiona match before she takes a break for uh, to recover from her injuries i think in her blog she stated that she's coming back in 2025 is that correct i think so yeah seems correct but i'm not too sure about if she's coming back by then or if not earlier because two years seems like a long time Going into the match, it was Nane Takahashi, Rina Yamashita, and Ryo Mizunami versus Hiroi Matsumoto, Gyu, and Jungle Kiona. Before the match started, we heard the music of Kari, and Kari actually came out and made an appearance here on the show, which was really cool to see. She brought up flowers for Jungle Kiona to celebrate her last match because, and it was just a heart, you know, it was just a cool moment to see those two hugging and just Kari giving her the flowers. Yeah, Kiona was crying before the match. It was yeah. so cute. It, it was, it was, it was sad, but also cool to see. And I hope that she really, really does it, comes back. And from it looks like she does. The match was fantastic. Um, the totally built around Jungle Kiona versus kind of Rina Yamashita. It's, they had fantastic chemistry, and it's really a shame that the potential singles match they kind of normally would have teased here is maybe not happening for the next two years. Um, it's just you know, it's it's a cool match with obviously with the sad, with the sad tone over it. So there's that. Um, how you you like the match a lot, I think, if I remember correctly, right? Um, I wouldn't say not really. Um, I liked it. I, yeah. I didn't feel like the the sadness um, mm -hmm. uh, with Kiona. It felt more like a celebration, like a big bang to go out, mm -hmm. um, see you down the road type of thing. Um, the thing is that a lot of the guys that really liked this match that I talked to um, about this was that they had a real investment with Jungle Kiona. And yeah. I really only discovered um, the the Choshi scene when she was already injured. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's just not the, the, the emotional connect isn't there for me. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just the match and the match was really cool. Um, I, I would say, I would say, yeah, if you want to watch something at the show, like watch the main event. Um, but I wouldn't say you have to go out of your way to watch this. 
Yeah, if you're a big fan of Jungle Kiona or if you're interested to see more of Jungle Kiona, it's definitely a good match to start with or like a good match to watch. Um, overall, I think especially they did a really good job with Nomads to give those freelancers major matches. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, you know, freelancers, Joshi, don't have many chances. And then you have a co-main event where it's built around bits and jokes. I'm like, okay, I don't think that's what prominence, uh, prominence, wrong promotion, Nomads intended with this. Um, I'm just, I hope we get more of Nomads with more bigger matches because especially the first one i don't know if you have watched the first nomad yeah the first one was fantastic the first one was fantastic and i haven't come near close to it yet but i, I think uh, a part of why the first one was so great is that it was a cheering show when that was a really rare occasion oh yeah yeah that that actually could be the possibility i don't know it just just also felt like that the wrestlers were extra motivated you had a fantastic well, main yeah. event you had more singles matches of course with uh, with i think matsumoto versus kao kobayashi was on it with kao yeah. coming back um i um, remember the semi-main with oscar and you versus saki and soriano and they just did this 20 minute um crowd brawl oh where yeah, we haven't wait, seen wait. that for like two years the was uh, such a cool show at the time. Oh yeah, where, where they where they teased the Anu versus Asuka match and <laughs> never delivered on it. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I love Joji Indies. Yeah, overall nomads. I hope you do more stuff like that. Both cool matches, and we will all buy your shows. <laughs> so, moving on to a promotion that has kind of two really big title matches in April. We start off with Big Japan. Um, the first one was a tag title match on April the 16th. Fuminori Abe and Takuya Nomura defend their titles against Daisuke Sakimoto and Yuchi Okabayashi. And Astronauts vs. Strong BJ is always like a fantastic doubt. It's like you always know how good this is going to be. And this was no different. Absolutely. I'm kind of over it. <laughs> Yes, and same. Just, can can you just please put them over already? Yes, I I am. I have my notes here, and one of my notes is the no finishes kind of annoy me at this point. <laughs> it's now the third no finish between them in a row. They had a, I think they had a time limit draw, thirty minute time limit draw, then another time limit draw. Now double KO. I mean. The double KO was done really well, and it totally made sense with all four just beating the living hell out of each other with chops, with punches, lariats, headbutts. But I'm just, can we just not put them finally over? Come on, it's time. Yeah, they Going had on their, for so long. The big show yesterday. Um, yeah, and after the defense. Sekimoto came out and I was just no, not again. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's number I think number number five in the last year or so, maybe number three. Yeah, it's the third title match. Okay, it's just uh, it will, will be the first title match in the same reign, and I'm like, okay, I'm just over it, please. And the thing is, I already know the Strong Beach is winning. 
So this whole thing is just, okay, we just didn't want to give Okabayashi both belts. So we're just doing a lot of double Qs and whatever to just hold it out. And then just, uh, it already bothers me. Because the astronauts are awesome. Maybe the best tag team you have in this world right now, for, at least for me. Um, and they always show out. Of, and I just would love to see them finally getting that win over their ne- enemies that they never can beat. Yeah. Um, saying they're the best tag team in the world isn't a controversial take, I think. Yeah. Yeah, at least. I mean, it's definitely for, for the ones that watch them know how good they are. And definitely, even though we complained about the finish, you all should really check it out. That was great wrestling. Um, you will be shocked how good they are. And there was another match, another big match in April. It was Daisuke Sakimoto challenging for the Big Japan World Strong Heavyweight title against Yuji Kobayashi. Man, and if we talk about non-finishes, we had another one here. And this time, it wasn't even a good match. Normally, when Okabayashi and Sakimoto face each other, just like with the tag match, you can expect something good. But here, it felt like, okay, they just didn't really care. They just, you know, did 30 minutes of totally nothing in my eyes. And I was just disappointed coming out of this. Did you feel the same, or are you maybe harder on this match than I am? No, 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 not at all. Daisuke Sekimoto's time is just gone. Um, Okabayashi um, still has a lot in him. Um, As we saw with the the uh, Yuya Uki match. Um, But... He is, isn't as consistent anymore as he used to be. He's a fanta- still a fantastic tag wrestler, but singles matches just rarely hitting, if at all. It's just, and it's sad because, you know, he's an all timer talent in my eyes, at least. At I least think for both Big are. Japan. Yeah, both of course, Kobayashi's, in my eyes, even better. And yeah, I, I agree. And which, which is why I expected him to have, like, at least a great match. I know the spot wasn't really good. They had the weather, like, on some, some random tour show in Sapporo in the co-main event with with uh, Kobayashi versus Ito main eventing. But still, they at least could have tried a bit more because I'm pretty sure they have more in, in, in them than that. And still, they showed it against others and against each other. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure they have more in them, but what can they still do that we haven't seen? This was yeah. How many times have they faced in singles matches? Okay, I will look that up for you. I think it was the Okabay. Actually, I think it was the eighth eighth match. Um, I mean, I would like... be- I believe you if you said it's like the eighth match, eighth singles match in three years. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's their sixth singles match for the title over the 14th. I think we've just <laughs> seen, we have seen what they can do. 
And, we and have now seen... we have seen what they can still do, and what they can still do is just a shame. And I kind of fear for Big Japan, um, because the reason why they always go back to these two, um, like in both uh, for both titles, is that they are the only draws they have. Yes. Uh, and of course, part of it is that they don't capitalize on the talents they have. So, uh, speaking of Takuya Nomura, who had the strong uh, world championship, had a really cool run with even good matches against Hashimoto, for example. Uh, Hashimoto, uh, yeah, Daisuke Hashimoto and, and Daishi Hashimoto and Daisuke Sekimoto. And then just lost it out of nowhere back to Okabayashi because you wanted to have the big. Big Yukama Budokan of Yuki Okabayashi. And it's just boring in some form for me, and it's hard to invest in certain characters. Um, without, uh, with, with a little spoiler for the next defense, they at least they finally did the switch from Okabayashi way. And it was needed, but I have always a fear okay, he's just winning it back down the line. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on, we will talk about another Joshi promotion. This time, it's the Kurikin Hall show of Seedling. On the 13th, so just like six days ago, they had a big show. It was a Kurikin Hall show. Normally, you expect a lot from Kurikin Hall shows from Joshi in this promotion because normally they don't have that many Kurikin Halls. From the card, this looked like a Shinkiba show. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Their main event was a seedling beyond the seed tag team title number one contender match because the champions once again didn't want to didn't want to put the titles on the line for like the seventh month now in a row. It was Arisa Nakajima teaming with marvelous Takumi Iroha against Ayama Sasamura and Riku Kaiju. And that match was the first Takumi Iroha match in seedling in like four years. Which surprised me actually, because oh, I was wow. like, okay, she, she would have been there a couple of times, but no, she wasn't there since 2019. Yeah, you're right. Why do you think? I don't know. Marvelous confuses me all the time, too, to be fair. And <laughs> yeah, her, her, her teaming up with, with Arisa Nakajima was a cool picture. They look both like absolute mega stars here against the two. Young, young talents in Ayame and Riku Kaiju. The match itself, I thought, was pretty good. The Fresas Duru, so uh, Ayame and Riku Kaiju worked fantastic as a tag team. They look good as a tag team, and they actually beat the two aces after Takumi Roha hit Arisa Nakajima with one of her kicks. Ayame rolled uh, Arisa Nakajima up for the upset win. And with that, they get a tag team title shot, and I was surprised about this result, actually. Absolutely. Ayame and Riko Kaichu are both so much fun, um, and I think they, they make for a great team. Um, we've seen the match already, uh, Las Fresas versus Ayame and Riko. Um, yeah, that, was, then... that was awesome. Yes, that was also like like really long and by far the best tag team match I had in a long time. Yeah. And I look, I look forward to that. The match here was was also really cool. Um, 
of course, Ariza and uh, Takumi are all-time level uh, talent. And they still but are, ov- yes. Yeah, they, and they still are. But overall, this match wasn't what it could have been. Still, um, like, watch this. This is real good. Yes. Uh, totally, I agree with you. With the miscommunications, do you feel like there might be a title match upcoming for Arisa against Takumi? I mean, let's hope so. But it seems like it's... I'm not that deep into into ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really... I can't really connect with uh, with them. It, it seems I just... It's not really at a promotion for me, so I, I don't really pick up on the storyline. But storylines. But what I see it it's that it's a, like the old guard against the young ones. Yeah, um, it's like Arisa Nakajima trying to trying to defend her era against all the young young guys. Yeah, like she she just had a, a title match against Riku Kawahata, for example. Yeah, and Ayama too, and also they're teasing the match against Riku Kaiju for a longer time now. Yeah, and in this story, it doesn't really make sense for the uh, Takumi defense. Yeah, correct. Still, like, I want this match. Please give it to me. Yes, totally. And, of course, uh, we we all know it with politics. Iroha isn't losing much. Ariza isn't losing much. So there's that. But I think if if it's a way possible to do this match, it would be fantastic because it would help Seedling. Seedling doesn't have much going on for them lately. They, especially if we look at their own roster, their own roster, active roster right now. Okay, we their whole roster right now is Yoshiko, who is out for like nearly a year now again, after before being out a year for being injured. Um, then we have then we have Amazon, who is going back to the UK. So the only two active members right now are Arisa Nakajima and Riku Kaiju. The rest are all freelancers. So it's like you yeah, never or have referees. To... or referees, <laughs> of course. Shout out to Tayo. So it's like you don't have a connection, or at least I don't have a connection to the roster itself, but rather to the freelancers who come into the promotion. Because none of them, except for Arisa and kind of Riku Kaiju, pre- feel like seedling to me of course there are some i talked to some others about it who said like yeah riku kawahata or ayame or others who are like regulars in seedling feel like seedling to them but for me it's just okay they are freelancers wrestling for free seedling you know how, it, only, how it feels yeah the only match that felt seedling to me was the the high speed three-way match yes um and again that's the Natsuki tayo as the referee yeah, and it's just because, you know, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a Tayo match and totally a Tayo idea. I just hope that Seedling picks up some momentum because they definitely need it. I hope that Yoshiko comes back or if they can pick up some, some rookie they find or like train a new rookie because they definitely need something for them going on. Uh, Ayame and Riku Kaichi are challenging La Fresas in June. Okay. End of June. Before that, we have Asuka and uh, Asuka versus, I think it is Asuka versus Ayame and Makoto versus Riku Kaiju, or is it Anurei Wound? No, it's Anurei Wound around. 
It's Riku Kaiju vs. Asuka and Makoto vs. Ayama Sasamura next month. Those will be actually two good singles matches. I'm actually interested in that. I Absolutely. For the tag title match, I hope they finally lose the belts. <laughs> I'm so over it. Um, for those who don't know, they hold the belts now for 500 days. Can you remember the last time they defended this belt? Out of your hat, or can you even remember the last time you heard about them defending the belts? Yeah, I, I just had a cage match picture. Okay. It, <laughs> um, it was in October. I think I think it was again. Was it against the Colors or was it against Sazamura and Rikikaiju? No, it was against Colors. Um, no. Against uh, the rematch, or like the first match happened in September. Okay. Uh, so you know, it's just. October, we have May, and the next title match and next title match is in one and a half months. It's uh, it's it's really not not interesting to me. And it's just, you know, I hope they drop the belt so Riku Kaiju and Ayame can do something interesting with them. Um but watching watching this show we came up with an interesting phenomenon. Um, okay. we called it the Riku Kawahata conundrum. <laughs> You don't want to watch her wrestling because she will lose. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's oh, a shame. It's... it's a shame. She's so she's good. so good and so young, so talented. She just doesn't have any kind of backing from any promotion, so she's just losing everything. <laughs> I wish she she would be someone. I mean, in other promotions, she doesn't have really the chance because in Marvelous, she's teaming with Maria, and Maria's an even bigger geek than she is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. I'm sorry. And he, at least in Seedling, it kind of feels like he, she's at least getting some bigger spots, but she's still losing all of them. So it's just, I hope she gets something for her going in the future. So moving on to um, the Diana show. They had a, also a Kirk and Hall show where a lot more was going on actually in here because they not only had a world title match in the main event, but also they had a few more title matches. The other two title matches was first was Michael Saki and Taihoma def- uh, retaining their world woman progressing Diana taking titles against Kekuru Sekiguchi Madeline and and the Diana Queen Elizabeth title from Yago Yokoda getting defended in both. Nothing really that you need to watch and seek out. Totally solid fences. The first really interesting interesting match was Kyoko Inoue versus Naki Sayaka. It was your typical old guard versus... Okay, I can't call Nagi young anymore. <laughs> a typical old guard versus babyface match. Inagi bumped a lot for her. She looked good in it. It was just, you know, not really a good match because Kyoko Kyo- no. Kyo- Noen 2023 is not a good wrestler anymore. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> and in the end, Kyoko, of course, won. And the main event was worth seeking out, in my opinion. You watched it too. It was Haruko Mizaki challenging Ayako Sato for the 3WD World Championship. And this was so good. Yes. I I I hoped you would say that. <laughs> I, I can hear your happiness through the mic. Um <laughs> of course you're you're the Haruka Mizaki super fan here. Um I'm not. 
Um, yes. Not that familiar uh, with her in like the, the indie indie scene. I think this is the first Diana show I've ever watched. <laughs> See, I'm I'm bringing people. I'm bringing Diana to the people here. They have more fans now than they normally have. Likely. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, it's such a, a grounded match, and um, because um, Umezaki isn't a flashy wrestler. Umezaki, yeah. She has the the basics down to a T, and she used that. And in the end, she was just throwing out the the German suplexes and until until one stuck, and she's the champion now. Yeah, Umezaki is totally different from other idols. Um, I was saying that yeah. in the Discord. She has this idol gimmick. Her gimmick, or like her nickname, is even that she's a super idol wrestler from. Ushiku, I think. And wrestling-wise, she doesn't wrestle like it at all. It's likely because she's trained by Emi Sakura and Sari, so totally different from the typical idol style that you normally know, like Tamakano and all the other actress girls wrestlers. She just is... The thing is, many people just know her as Karma, and Karma is not a good introduction to her. Um, karma is not good, period. Yeah, it's 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 a shame because you have so much potential with Mizaki, even in Star. I don't think she will appear in Star more now because I don't think she will as world champion. Or like at least she will not take many pins or something. She will just do the karma stuff. So you just have the karma stuff going on, and it's not. It's not good at all. I don't know whose idea it was. If it was Dalekid, if it was Rossi's, if it was Kyoko's, if it was her own. But someone needs to stop it. And I hope they drop it, the gimmicks, as soon as possible. It doesn't benefit the shows. It doesn't benefit her. It doesn't benefit Diana. Nothing here. And here's just... If you have never seen Haruko Masaki really wrestling, it's the perfect match for it. She has Absolutely. Been- she has been a fantastic underdog babyface in this match. But even holding up her own against someone like Ayako Sato, who is kind of the... I wouldn't say the base, because she's not really babyface-like, but the focal point of, or like the focal wrestler of Diana the last couple of years after Suri left. And she's always been great, in my opinion, and this match just elevated Haruko Misaki on the star level, or like on the level of being the ace of Diana that we have, or like I have expected her to be a while ago. And like you said, in the end, Misaki hits like, I, I think I counted five or six German suplexes, and then she does the, she does the lag trap, arm trap, German suplex hold for the win. It's called a blast. I didn't know how to describe it. It's I have never seen like that she pulled out the, the lag to the side. I, it just looked brutal, to be honest. And is now the world champion of Diana. And it's a major thing for her. She's now 22 years old. At the beginning of her career, is now world champion. Has held multiple tag belts in different promotions. And we can count her now as one of the major stars in the indie scene. Chose indie scene. Yeah, um, I'm not. I wasn't that. Um, what should? Um, how should I say? It? 
Ayaka's uh, Sato wasn't. Um... Yeah, that is she's, She yeah. was, yeah, she's not that interesting, but I think it's great how she let Umesaki shine here. Yes, yes. So yes. I'm not sure if she's even able to shine herself. You know? She, yeah, she feels like. A wrestler that is better at making other shine, or like at least always to me when I watch her, letting other shine than letting herself shine. And you need something like that, especially since she kind of is now in this veteran role with her being like a 20 week, 21 year old veteran. So her putting her over Umezaki was the perfect choice and the best choice they could have made, in my opinion. She finished the story. Okay, I need to do that. Yeah. It's good you got it in. <laughs> <laughs> it happened a couple of times in the last few days, so at least once. I'm, I'm ready for the meme to die. <laughs> I will never let it die. Um, what I wanted to say is, after the match, she kind of held a promo backstage, called out multiple names, including Starlight Kid. Uh, Haruka Masaki called out multiple names for Starlight Kid. Unagi Sayaka, Mina Shirakawa, Kyoko Inoue, Yako Yokoda, she wants all to face all of them for the belt. I don't think any of that happens. Uh, but try your best. She also said that she aims that she aims at the next Kurikin Hall show in August has over 1,000 fans in attendance. Um, that doesn't sound much, but Kurikin Hall shows with over 1,000 people in attendance, I you can't count maybe like three or four promotions can pull this off and Diana's not one of them. Apparently they had 726 here. I don't know <laughs> uh, how Diana um, handles their attendance numbers, but that's a pretty good number. Yeah, they had 726. So still a lot to go to the to 1000 aims. And one match I wanted to propose so I kind of called it if it really happens. That might have, might would sell those 1,000 tickets is um, Haruko Misaki defending her belt against Inokiism Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted I mean, to throw it, it out. Sense. Because, of course, it would make sense with Sari being the old, um, the old ace of the company and now calling out the idol wrestlers that they are not real Joshi wrestlers as part of a I guess the storyline that will make her more interesting. Umezaki, of course, being an idol would make sense. I hope they do that. Especially if Umezaki goes over in the end would prob would help Umezaki a lot. That should be the goal. I don't know if it happens or not. <laughs> Moving on to a match. Um, you might know more about me. It was Gurken Mask versus Yamato. I did not have that on my on my you know, I have seen this match, like like match announcement or like people talking about this match. And I was like, okay, this would just be a good match. I normally n are not that high in Yamato matches. But this was fantastic. I mean, Yamato faced the dawn of Okinawa. Yeah. <laughs> Gurken Mask is... Gurken Mask is an incredible wrestler. This guy is on the wrong side of 50, but 
he's such a great technical wrestler. Even though he's masked, he gets desperation and just emotion in general across like few others. And here, apparently, he's... Um, I'm not watching Ryuki Dragon Pro regularly. No, but apparently he's a he's a heel. Oh, okay. But he had to step out of that role uh, to defend his his territory against the the evil outsider Yamato. I mean, Yamato is a household name. Um, Ryuki Dragon Pro and Dragon Gate work uh, together a lot, and like the the tag team champions have been natural vibes, JFK um, and Casey. Um. And this match, it's the the selfish, uh, narcissistic Yamato, the the heel persona that works way better for me than his normal self. Yes, definitely. And it was just this slow and technical but intense match. And the first mistake that Yamato made was ripping Gurken's mask. And the second mistake was ripping it off completely. Mm-hmm. Like 15 minutes in, uh, Gurken mask, well, the mask was only dangling from his neck. His face was completely open all, uh, for all to see, and he just didn't care. And he slapped the shit out of Yamato, and it was great. Yes. The underdog story, or like the, the babyface story here of. Gurken Mask was outstanding. I mean, I, I I have seen him before. It's not like I've never seen him before, but never in a match like this. It's just, you know, if I have seen it then on a undercard of a Dragon Gate show or, or, or something like that, but never like in a match like this. And he totally delivered. And I was shocked how good he is. Or like how good he was in this match. And the crowd... Holy! That was absolutely one of, one of the loudest post-COVID Japan crowds I've heard, and well, I didn't expect it. It's also in Okinawa. Like Okinawa doesn't get a great wrestling that often, and if it, if they get it, it's always through Gurken Mask. Um, <laughs> from all we know, and that is thanks to the, the Open the Voice Gate guys, um, like he manages. The wrestling overall he's the promoter of Yuki dragon pro but still everything else that happens on there it, it goes kind of uh, through gurken mask and the fans obviously know this so he's over and even though he's a heel like he's their guy and they root for him yes i mean i've watched this match with no expectations and came out with okay i want to see more of it um for those who have no idea how to watch it, it's on YouTube on the Ryokoku Drang YouTube channel. I think you will just find it if you search for the promotion. If not, yeah, you apparently can... the show is uh, landlocked now, so you may need a VPN to watch it. I think it's just in, 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 in USA. Okay. I can watch it. I, I, I clicked in it earlier. So, there's yeah, it's, it's a fantastic match, and Honestly, one of the best matches of the entire month, regardless of Pro Jam's content or not. It's awesome. And 
I'm, I'm just, you know, always felt like, always feeling like, okay, I have seen everything. I know a lot. I wouldn't say no that everything about wrestling, you know, but it's always like, okay, I'm always kind of shocked when I found out about a new wrestler or like a new promotion or new match that I've never heard of. It just out of nowhere totally is awesome for its own ways. And that was just one of them. And I hope that maybe they book something something I can see from Gurkin Mask in the future too. And that blows me away once again. I would not be against it. So, moving on to another Joshi promotion. And it's kind of now a two Joshi promotion. We will talk about the the Chiba show from Pro Wrestling Wave. It was in the main event. It was the hardcore match. It was Kahaku and Yuki Miyazaki against Hiragi Kurumi and Suzuki for prominence. Or like former prominence now. It was, I think it was the second to last non-stardom, uh, second to last indie match of Suzuki before she kind of joined stardom. And this was totally built around um, the kind of the rivalry they built with Kahaku and Suzuki. Kohaku normally never does staff matches. And she looked great here. The, the the blood over her face made her really look like a badass and just look awesome. I mean, I think I don't need to praise Suzuki. I think we both, or like everyone here agrees that Suzuki is absolutely awesome. One of the best wrestlers in this world. This is... This is a hardcore match. This isn't a death match per se. Um, <laughs> I still don't know what's the difference. The difference, I, I'd say, the difference is the amount Weapons. of blood. Oh, okay. I, I thought the different, the difference is just that one of them has a stipulation on top of another. Okay, never mind. It's just, yeah. I'd say like the the goal of a of a death match is that somebody. Is is bleeding and like Kohaku got busted open, yes. or she bladed. I, I haven't seen if she uh, had bladed. It doesn't really matter either no, way. No, it it was it was. I think I think she got the letter in her face and then. Stopped. Okay, okay. So it, I I don't know the spot exactly out of my head. I think it was some some kind of suplex or something where she then landed with her forehead or something on a ladder. Maybe it was Suzuki because Suzuki one of them, and it just looked a bit brutal. But yeah, one of they they definitely didn't blade it. They did just really bleed. This is yeah. just exactly the kind of uh, of match that I like. Um, this kind of plundery, hardcore uh, style of match, and it had. Uh, real good build in intensity until mm. until the the end when Susu um, went over Koaku and even in the feed Koaku looked so great. Yes, Koaku's booking is just kind of okay. We we are waiting with you a bit before we push you because we don't have that much going on right now in the wave with with the Regina the wave title being. Held hostage <laughs> by Hikaru Shida for like a year now, and the other tag titles, uh, and like the tag titles are gone too out of nowhere for some reason. I don't know. Mm. 
it's just she's just doing kind of just losing all the time and that was refreshing because even even she lost though she looked great in it and i felt like she gained something out of it yeah i agree um it's a, a facet of kuaku that i haven't seen before yes it's normally kuaku is though this this typical high speed kind of style wrestler that just looks really good at ring fast pace gets removed in moves in and then always gets overpowered or something by the by the more dominant opponent and just loses yet she looks at she looked at least she was booked in this match on the same level as Suzu. Of course, Miyazaki and Hiragi, uh, Hiragi Kurumi did their typical powerhouse spots. Those were awesome too. This was maybe the best wave match in Um Miyazaki did a moonsault. Yes, her, her moonsault is, is great. Poor Kurumi. <laughs> they, this is just, just wow. And s- speaking... I mean, in the end, of course, Suzu won. Then, a few days later, we had the prominent show. They uploaded a clip version of it on their the YouTube channel. You watched the clip version. How did you feel about like what you have seen from the clip version? And did you see like anything that you ho- hopes that you can see more of it? Um. The the undercard is is way too clipped to to say yeah. anything about the um, about the quality mm-hmm. uh, of of the matches. But um, for example, uh, Hartley Jackson and Yuki Miyazaki versus Chris Brooks and Kuaku is um, a match that I just from the the wrestlers involved really li- would like to see in full. The card um, all looks really good, yeah. Yeah, and you, like Oscar and Mao are an awesome tag team. It's good to see them uh, together again. Even though um, Masa Takanashi and Moji Natsumi are kind of a weird team. I, <laughs> I like both of them. I'm probably <laughs> higher on them than you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, obviously, at the, the main event is um, first Junko Suzu uh, in her final deathmatch series match um that was a bit too clipped to really get going uh, but we saw quite a bit of it and in the main event risa sarah takashi saki and valent jack versus akane fujita masashi takeda and takumi tsukamoto i want to see this in whole and risa sarah looked so awesome yes i have i have skipped through this part because I have seen this clip, or they posted it before on YouTube, where Risa Sarah got her hair cut, and she just decided, okay, give me this, and just cut off her <laughs> entire hair nearly, so she now has, like, a short hair, but, like, half of it, and just looks awesome. Also, she she wore, like, a white gear thing, and was just light gray or something, and in the yeah, end, it's was her usual deathmatch gear. Yeah, and in the end, it was just rat, and it looks... Fantastic. Have you um, seen the the picture where um, Mas- uh, Masashi Takeda broke a, a glass tube in her um, in her mouth? No, I haven't. It looks, it looks it looks so good. 
it's the the image is just take the, the picture is taken in the exact moment when it breaks and the uh, the glass flies away okay um, i i need to find this i'll that i'll send was... it to you oh perfect yeah i will continue with that so like you said um suzuki announced then that she's leaving prominence after the show and that's major major thing because like we said suzuki one of the best in the world and now she is officially i don't know if she still is but she's officially a freelancer but she didn't graduate from death matches which means she kind of holds her future open but at the same time also a few days later announced that stardom is your new home promotion or like home base from now on which just tells me which just tells me that we will see a lot more of her in Sodom and likely in major matchups and she's getting a push. That she deserves, of course. Um yes. but if she's full if she's in stardom, I don't think the death matches will continue. Yeah. I'm not sure I, how this all will run um run its course. I mean she didn't announce anything on freelancer dates yet. The only thing announced for her are the next stardom tours. So, gonna be, I, I guess, I would guess, without knowing, I would guess that she's just full-time in stardom now. And the death matches are happening on the showcases. <laughs> or, like, hardcore matches. Are just happening on the showcase show. But, no idea, because... We have nothing announced yet. Of course, there's a tournament of survival coming up from TCW. There's, of course, the chances she's taking part in that with already a future police wrestlers with who she has connected with already announced. But it seems also unlikely to me since she is booked for, for Stardom tours in between. So, I guess it's Stardom. And... That's good for her. She's getting the paycheck. Absolutely. And also for us fans, um, it's the place where we can watch her the most regularly, I think. Yes. So. And also, yeah. And also where she has the best possible or like the most possible best matchups. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's take like that. If she wanted to be free free agent or like a freelancer she just could have stayed in prominence <laughs> yeah i'm sure stardom pays better than freelancing does yeah definitely would i mean definitely and of course we will see her likely now there from there on with that she also graduated from the pure gems podcast because we sadly don't talk about sodom <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> oh. There's content now missing. Shit. <laughs> no. Um, but that's it for prominence. And the, also, the last pr promotion we will talk about for today, or like the last promotion we will review something, was Ice Ribbon. There was two matches I want to talk about. I think the first one was on a dojo show. It was Rina Yamashita against Ibuki Hashi. It was Ibuki Hashi's anniversary match. Um, 
she turned 20 years old. Pretty young. Ice Rim right now is, I would describe it in a really bad state. They just lost mm. all, nearly all their young talents, except for Ibuki Hashi, who's kind of, I wouldn't say locked, because she's their choice, obviously. But she's has Ice Rim in her heart since she's born, considering her mother, Hamuko Hashi, wrestled for Ice Rim since 2008 or something. Um, and now she has here a match against Rinnegan Mashita, and that match was, for a dojo match, really good. They had some, some of course, some fun spots with the dojo, with, with the Ice Rim roster kind of beating, you know, Ibuki Hashi, who's standing in the corner up with some drop kicks and stuff. But Rina and uh, Ibuki, after that, really laid it in, had a fun match. Uh, Yamashita won in the end, which kind of is makes sense. But it's kind of weird, considering Ibuki Hashi had like a major X, uh, Ice Cross Infinity title match coming up like five days later. was a bit weird. But it's Ice Rim, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> no. It's... What's yep. the what's the story reason why this match happened? And also why there was like uh, this train where Rina just sent off the roster uh, yeah, into because, Ibuki. It, it's just because it was Ibuki Hashi's birthday and this was just a birthday present to wrestle okay. Rina Yamashita. And everyone gave her birthday present by doing that. It's my guess is it's of course she she mainly got that, so she can stay happy when she loses the title match a few days later. They did the same with... I think they did the same with now Ishikawa 2 and I think someone else too, where they gave them a, some some kind of produce show and then shortly after lost a Ice Cross Ice Cross, Ice Cross Infinity title match. Um, You have seen the Ice Cross Infinity title match because I did not have the time for that. Yeah... It was okay. I don't think that the spectacular. Yeah, I'm. I'm not that high from Totoro Satsuki. No, nah, she. She isn't it. She's. She's pretty solid, but of course not for me at least. Not that one that should carry Ice Rim right now. The spirit of Ice Rim right now is okay. We have Tsukasa Fujimoto, and yeah, Tsukasa Fujimoto is not there. <laughs> So I mean, it's... Ibuki Hoshi is kind of the only person they can build on, but uh, yeah. she's nowhere near as good as Asai was. And especially in terms of this popular ace baby face. Yeah. Like, she, I, li she's... I like her. She's cool, but... She's, she's a good wrestler, but she's not the typical ace. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if she winning would have been better in any way. It might have been too early because she didn't really have this build-up. She just lost the tag belt while being kind of embarrassed by Hikaru Shida all the time that she's too weak. Uh, it's, uh. it's... it's I I don't know. I don't get it because Ice Rim just right now needs fresh blood on top. I mean, they need people at top at all because they have nobody. <laughs> but it's just... I don't know. It's, it's Satsuki is likely holding belt now for a while because 
Ibuki now lost and they have nobody else going for them who is challenging except they're maybe winning the battles, but it's just I don't know. I, I don't get it. And yeah, we are not done with the review part, so we will now preview a bit. Next upcoming weeks, we start off with maybe, of course, with maybe the biggest match, one of the bigger matches of next month, or, or like of this month, of course, time of recording, and it's the Champion Carnival Final. The full review of the tournament will come out. I will do one with a partner after the tournament happens. The finals already announced. It's the B-Block winner, Shotaro Ashino, versus the A-Block winner and G-Rex champion, T-Hawk. And coming into this tournament, I was like, okay, that's going to be a Kento versus Su Suwama final or something like that. I didn't see that coming. No. How do you feel about this matchup as the Champion Carnival final, especially with what you have expected to, to be at that time? Um... The the big story in, in all Japan is that like all the titles are held by outsiders. And yes. so of course I, I was counting on well it's like the home Senichin Chidai is is the name of the Yeah yeah. Um of all the Japan faction, the I think. something like that, yeah. Yeah. And then there's all the outsiders and then there's Voodoo mergers. So these are the, the three factions. Um, so I figured that um, Kento versus Wama was the obvious final, as we all have. Yeah. Um, the fun thing that now it's a Wrestle One guy and a Great guy, who was a Wrestle One guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically he's also like a Dragon Gate guy, but. Um, is, Shotaro Ashino is, I think, in Senichin Shidai? I'm not no, no, sure. He has his, his own faction going on. Oh, with... yeah. Is Gongnir of Anarchy still a thing? Yeah. Okay. So, in the in the junior tag Battle of Glory, and here um, the home army fails to win. Um, yeah. But the, the match will be great. I'm a big, big fan of Ashino. Uh, I think he's tremendous. Yeah, the the thing about this is, of course, they kind of try to present Ashino here now as a babyface representing all Japan. And it kind of works because at this point, you can count him as all Japan with now being in the promotion for four years and being also, also kind of also kind of wrestle one kind of has the same identity some 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 kind of as this old japan of course yeah it's a mood promotion but it's in the end yeah it's still a mood promotion or at least the the ones that are still on top kanto are still under keiji muto trained here or something like that. jun especially so of course, Ashino kind of represents here the the babyface new uh, the babyface old Japan side, but he's not a the typical okay main unit guy. On the other side, of course, you have part of here is also the Galatris old Japan storyline or like feud that is going on with 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 Tiog, of course, being the G Rex champion. In terms of kayfabe reasons. 
after T-Hawk just defeated Katimir Hara, he, he will be presented as the favorite here. He will likely work on top. Uh, but my prediction still is, considering Shotaro and Nagata had some kind of interactions at the last Korean Hall show, that this will be the next title match and Shotaro finally wins something big in singles competition in Old Japan with winning the Champion Carnival. Um, the thing with both of these guys is that I think it's just a repeat of last year where they're absolutely wrecked whatever they've built in Yuma Oyaki winning it. Um, with both of them, I don't see them beating Yuji Nagata. T-Hawk has no chance. Shotaro no. more, but, but, but I don't see it either. I feel like that uh, giving Shotaro it is just, okay, it's, he has something they're going for him. He can't say, okay, I'm a champion carnival winner, and it's more than just saying, okay, I was just a regular challenger but at least uh with ashino i think it makes sense that ashino can win he has a a win over the g-rex champion so they can do a title match there down the line if they want to yeah definitely. yeah i mean uh great and all japan have a working yeah. relationship anyways a pretty good one actually yeah i mean it's pretty cool what we got to see here from them all yeah, and so we both predict Shotaro winner and then losing yeah. to Nagata. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I I will just ask you quickly about it. How did you feel about the champion carnival till the final? Um it wasn't a good tournament. Really disappointing, um, after the, the year that they had had. Um, I wasn't watching All Japan before, but I always heard this great stuff. And then I was like, okay, Dylan, um, for the Eastern Larry Patreon, let's let's do a Champion Carnival review. And then the tournament was just, yeah, this big disappointment. I have to say, though, that the shows are really easy to watch, so I can't say that it is bad. Yes. Um, I think it's just very it's, okay it's just the way they booked this tournament i will go into detail in the review but it's just feels like that the tournament they booked their way out of many things with just okay we go under five minutes with many matches which killed out the potential from being some really good matches or like at least matches would have elevated the tournament to just being okay. Three minutes, that's it. It's just okay. Same for some participants. Um, Takuya Nomura wasn't in there. Instead, we have Yoshitatsu in 2023. Um, I have uh, Takao Mori was also horrible. But yeah, I have to say, race side too. Ray Saito was way better than he had any right to be. Yes. Not Jun Saito. Jun Saito was pretty bad, but Ray Saito was yes, I, I actually like, solid. I feel like the Saito brothers, I, I'm not that high on them, especially on, on Jun. I think Ray was always the better one. But Ray kind of finally had those performances that you, that I think Ultraman were expecting them to have. Considering, you know, um, 
considering they are kind of placed as the top heel tag team, even though they are likely not winning the tag belts anytime soon. But that's another thing. Um, so you had his kind of breakout tournament. Yuma Ansai, I think, of course, he's the future ace. He looked really good. Hakuto Murray looked really good. But it's just many matches were built in a way where they couldn't deliver on a level you would have expected to them to, to have. Of course, it adds to it. You had um, Naoya Nomura who injured, got injured just shortly before it. Him being in there would have, of course, leveled up the quality. And yeah, it's it's just I will go into detail later. It's overall not the best outing Old Japan had, especially after the last few months. No. Moving on to and another t- yes. one one thing about the tour, yeah. they constantly managed to get outshined by the junior tag fest uh tag tournament of glory. Yeah. The only time they didn't wear when 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 Kento faced you know when, when Kento or Yuma faced each other or faced like Kojima. That was like the only time they had actually a better match. Yeah. And, but the the juniors were really yes. good, really solid all of the time. Oh yeah, I, I haven't watched the main event yet because funny story, I thought the the show was over after T Hog vs. Kenobi Ahara, so I turned <laughs> off. Imagine, okay. I turned I legend I turned off and I thought it was over because I didn't didn't start with the beginning just mid show because it was there booked stuff for, for all in. And um I was like, okay, the show's over, I can turn off. I saw the I saw the both uh, the Shitaro and T Hog talking. I turned it off, turned on Noah and was like, Okay, so I can now fu- fully focus on the on the Goshiozaki return match. Yeah. Look, well then I got out today actually, then there was another match. Two mistakes. The first one turning off the show, the second one turning on Noah. Awesome. That, 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 was, that was funny when I found it out earlier. But now, for real, moving on to another tournament that we will shortly preview. It's the Catch the Wave tournament from Pro Racing Wave. The winner will challenge Hikaru Shida for the Regenerative Wave title. This year, the tournament has a weird concept. I don't really get it. Nobody really got it yet how it will work out but we will find out over the months so we have okay i don't know if you have seen this we have three blocks where they will compete for a shot against hikaroshida another block that will compete for the prince uh, of the of the pop title from puche and another block that will compete to a shot to face yokota uh yokota for the diana elizabeth title so we have five blocks Two of them have nothing to do with the main tournament. <laughs> and the other three are for the Regenity Wave title shot. So we will go through the blocks. We will start off with the young block. That's the bell. The winner of this block will get a shot at Gio Osora. Gio Osora herself is in, is in this tournament. Yura Suzuki, Honaka, the new Wave rookie. Himoko, Himiko from Diana and Kizuna Tanaka, the new Wave rookie. Um, to preview that real quick, that will be typical rookie wrestling, five to eight minutes. Um, not expecting much from the quality there. It's just to get reps for the for the young girls there. Then the second block is Elizabeth block. It's Sakura Hirata, Kaoru Yonigama, Cherry, Mizuki Ando, and Yuki Miyazaki. 
quality-wise comedy. This will be pure comedy and squash matches. Um, nothing really happening there, I guess. Uh, not really. I mean, since it doesn't have anything to do with the main tournament, it's just whatever. Then we have the three main blocks. It's Block A, Block B, Block C. Block A has Asuka, Kyohaku, Manami, Hiragi Kurumi, and Rina Amikura. Uh, Rina Amikura just announced that she has a knee injury and she forfeited from at least the first match of the tournament. It's not official yet if she forfeited from the entire tournament. But that would be major loss for the tournament since I am a big fan of Rina Amikura. The B block is Saki, Kakuru Sekiguchi, Miyuki Takase, Riku Kabahata, and Risa Sara. On paper, that's maybe the best block. Mm. We have five really good wrestlers that, if they want to, can have great matches. Of course, Miyuki Takase and, and Risa Sara, two of the best Joshi has to, Joshi Inis have to offer. I, I'm expecting, of course, Riku Kabahata, we said it, is awesome. She will likely lose a lot here with three veterans here and Kakaru. <laughs> Nothing surprising. This could be pretty interesting. Then we have the C block. It's Haruko Misaki, Hikari Shimizu, Ayama Sasamura, Itsuki Aoki, and Yuka Sakurai. Also an interesting block, more of the young wrestlers in there. Uh, Haruka doesn't really fit into it now as a world champion. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's weird. They have like all all like the, 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 the young young girls from, from different promotions and then Haruka now, it's okay. Um, I guess it's not official. The thing is, Wave doesn't communicate it. Or at least if they did, it didn't get translated or anything. From how I understood it, it's I guess it's the winners of all three blocks advancing to the semifinals. Plus, if we go with last year... There was some some kind of rumble with everyone, and then one of the names also advancing. Last year they did a a group stage, and then once again another blocks with eight. I don't know if they will do it again. We have no clue. But last time it was five blocks. Now we have three, so there's that. Um, if we go with a winner to face Shida, there's one really obvious name, and that's Asuka. She's the Senegal's world champion. She's not losing much at all, anyways. And Shida said a couple of times in interviews that she really likes Venny or Asuka and wants to bring her over to AW. That would be a way to kind of tease that again. And I think personally, it would also be match wise, maybe the best that could come out from it. Do you have any takes on this? Uh, or like at least if you if, do you want to see Asuka versus Hikaru, uh, Hikaru Shida? Um, I mean the match would be great. It's by far the most probable. Yeah. Uh, my favorite would be Miyuki Takase. I think she's yes, the best wrestler be. of the bunch. Um, that would be one. Yeah. <laughs> but that, as as we know, yeah, exactly. For that, she needs to win anything in her life. Um. And I don't see that coming. Yeah, and with with Asuka, of course, Asuka being back in in, in Wave is, is a big upgrade for the promotion in terms of style quality, especially since Nagisa Nozaki is still injured. We will see. I will try to review the, sh uh, the, the, the... I will try to 
review as much as I can from it. Of course, it's all about how much we can see. Moving on, we also had a Yukama Arena show from Big Japan yesterday that we will review next month. We have uh, Kuda Sekifuda defending his uh, Big Japan Junior title against Kaji Tomato. Astronauts defending the titles against Hiroyuki Suzuki and uh, Kakuro Kato. Then we have the Big Japan Deathmatch title, Hideyoshi Kamitani versus Abdullah Kobayashi. And of course, the main event, Yuji Kobayashi versus Yuya Aoki. This is likely the match you all should already check out before I will even spoil anything. We will review that next month. And have you seen the show already? I have seen the show, yes. I think you can agree with me that this was the, 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 the main event was fantastic. Yes, uh, the main event and the tag title matches were amazing. I need to watch the rest of the show. Okay, moving on. We have one last show I want to preview. It's, it's, it's the marvelous Kraken Hall show. From also May from May third, also happened. We will talk about it next month. It had Inagi Saka versus Takumi Roha, a big major match for Inagi, and the main event, Nagajima for, uh, defending her AAW belt against Miyamono. Um, without spoiling too much, both have been fantastic matches. We will go into detail also next month. You should already check it out. Awesome stuff. Yes. Did you watch that one? You should definitely. The main event of the Marvel show was fantastic. I haven't seen it. Perfect. Yet. Yes. Good. And moving on, coming to an end, I will ask you, who has been the Pro Gems Wrestler of the Month April for you? Um, I was thinking um, of this um, for a bit. And there are two names. And uh, like I, I'll say the match of the of the month first. Because yeah, it's yeah. the two guys working this match and it is okay. T Hawk and Kaito Ishida. Yes. Um and in the end it's Kaito Ishida because he was really consistent in the junior tag battle of glory. And T Hawk had also the worst match of the month uh in T Hawk versus Cyrus. So I, I'll go with Kaito Ishida. Um, yeah, I felt like we had no clear standouts this month. In terms of, you know, normally you had someone like Kenta Miyahara, of course, who has been having bangers of the bangers that didn't happen this month. Yeah, it's like the, there's one really great match and then just consistent work in the rest. It, it's just, I don't know, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, it's it was it was not the best month I would say, especially for all Japan. So, and of course, most others don't have the chance. Yeah, I I said the same. It's for me also Kaidoshida. Second, of course, T Hawk. T Hawk, of course, had the Kento Miyahara match in the end, but that was in <laughs> May. And it's just I hope that next month is a bit better. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna happen. Uh, but the, especially for all Japan, but it looks pretty good from the cards we have been announced. I hope it works well. The best month matches for me, of course, also Kaido Ishida versus T Hawk. Another one I wanted to really match is, of course, Gurkin Mask against Yamato. I can't get over this match. Fantastic. 
fantastic match, fantastic crowd. You should 100% check it out. And as a fanboy, of course, then uh, Haruka Mizaki vs. Ayako Sato. Those were just my three best matches. And with that, I will give you the chance. You can block everything you want now. Your, disc, uh, your, your, your Twitter, your podcasts, and everything you do before we are coming to an end. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for having me on here, for giving me the platform. You can find me at Spadouche on Twitter. You find me on some discords. Um, and we do the Dramatic Dream Dragons podcast on the Five Star Network. We, that is Sondre and Dylan. Um, I also had the, the um, Champion Carnival project on the Eastern Laird Patreon with Dylan. Um, just we two, that was a lot of fun. Also, um, we'll finish that up when the final has happened. Um, yes. So you can also search for me there on the Eastern Laird Patreon. Perfect. Please check him out. Of course, check my content out um, at Pete underscore underscore dressing on Twitter. I think. I mean, if you if you watch this podcast, you likely already know me. Check out all the other stuff on the Five Star Network. We have podcasts about every pro promotion, every wrestling promotion you can imagine. It's fantastic. The people are giving everything. Go on the website, check it out. We have previews to many shows. We have cool articles. It's everything you can want, and it's awesome. Really, they, they the people give give everything they can to make this work. And please support them. They deserve it all. Support, of course, the Pro Gems podcast. Check out the other episodes. They're also linked. And with that, we will see us pretty soon again. I think next week is coming out the next episode. Of course, Champion Carnival. And then the next episode will be in June, about the May month, with the especially with the whole Golden Week. And with that, have a nice day. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye. Bye-bye.